This is Joe Leo with your WICR Sports Flash. The All-Star break is over and so are the Brooklyn Nets' chances of starting to turn the tide toward winning basketball. The Nets falling to the Boston Celtics in the first game post-All-Star break, 149-106. Jason Tatum shined with 30.7 rebounds and 4 assists. The Time Lord Robert Williams secured a double-double with 12 points and 11 rebounds. Celtics head coach Amy Adoka feeling at home, finally, in Boston. You know, it, was, it was a new scheme and some different things, the amount of switching we do or some of the off-ball stuff. But, um, you know, they were learning me. I was learning what we have and how we can kind of tweak some things. And now you're finally healthy. You're seeing it. So it's obviously great to know we can rely on that end every night. If shots aren't falling, we still give ourselves a great chance. For the Nets, newly acquired Seth Curry was the lone bright spot with 22 points and 7 rebounds. Nets head coach Steve Nash was disappointed with his team's effort. Uh, you know, I told the guys we had two great days of practice, and tonight I don't think we got better. The nightcapper on this six-game slate was Minnesota and Memphis. The T-Wolves take down the streaking Grizz 119-114 thanks to 37 from guard D'Angelo Russell and a 22-point and 11-rebound double-double from Carl Anthony Towns. Russell was attacking Memphis any way he could. So he's trying to you know, quarterback the game within myself. I'm trying to be as valuable as I can. The Grizzly star point guard John Morant had 28-4 in the loss. Morant needs his team to focus down the stretch. Uh, it's just all about, you know, getting back into rhythm and just going out and battle like you were, you know, before the break. Every game is important down the stretch with the majority of the season over. Both conferences are tight races for the playing game as two games separate the 8th place team from the 10th place team in the East and only four games for those two spots out West. For WICR Sports, I'm Joe Lee. You're listening to WICR, Iona College Radio. This is the Sports Hit List. Are you ready? By the fans, for the fans. Yes! 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 The biggest names in sports. From New York, the Sports Hit List. <laughs> Woo! You're listening to Carpool Lounge and Joe Leo for the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans. Joe, how are you doing today, man? Carl, I'm so happy to to get this show off and running and to to be the newest member, even for a little bit of the of the hit list man so yeah man so let's do it we got a few weeks to put some shows out so uh top of the table let's talk about the nets and the celtics last night they played i know this may be a little outdated by the time uh it's released but you know we're going into the second half of the nba season this is where you know you you, you want to make sure you uh have your healthiest players you have uh your uh checks marked you want to make sure you start getting your defensive schemes your rotations ready to go for the playoffs uh, it's looking still a little shaky for your Nets. Uh, we don't know when Kevin Durant is coming back. Kyrie Irving still can't play home games. Uh, Steve Nash is still your coach. I don't know what's going on there in Brooklyn. There, what, what's wrong with Nash? First off, what, what, what's what's listen, so wrong? My with streets, Steve Nash? Listen, the Hitler streets. You see what goes on in there on a daily basis. It seems like people don't like his rotations. They don't know what he's doing, and they and and they, and they question his his uh his play calling. Uh, honestly, you know, and the and and coach who's. Relatively new, you would say. He's been the coach the last, what, two years now? Two years. Two years. You know, you question certain things. Uh, You question certain things with Steve Nash. And again, 
What's the health diagnosis of Kevin Durant? Without Kevin that's Durant, that's the biggest. Not- that, that 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 it starts and ends. Brooklyn success starts and ends with KD. And the latest report last night when we, when uh, I was watching the game, I assume as, as you were as well. They said next week that he can come back as early as next week. And honestly, the quicker the quicker the better because. This team without KD is a borderline playoff team. And this team with Durant, I think, could be as good as the the fourth seed in the East. I I really do. You get him back healthy. The way that he was playing before he got hurt, he was maybe the MVP of the league at that moment in time. So you, you get a guy like that. There's nobody in the league. Forget the East. There's nobody in the league that's getting that type of player back for the second half Kyrie I mean look it's been, he, he's been up in the air the entire year would I be happy for him to, to play home games absolutely but I'm not banking on the vaccine mandate change for New York for him to play home games he's right now and I think you should if you're a net fan don't hope for Kyrie to come back view him as half a player because that's what he is right now, and that's what he's going to be for the next few weeks. The bigger question is, can Durant get the best out of Simmons? We haven't seen that from anybody in Philly. Embiid hasn't gotten the best out of him. Tobias Harris hasn't gotten the best out of him. They changed coaches, and Doc Rivers couldn't get the best out of him. So can Nash, Durant, and some parts of Kyrie get the best out of Ben Simmons? And... As much as I would like to say that, and as a fan, I, I I think they can win the championship. But realistically, it would be the greatest achievement any team has put together if they if they put this whole thing together in three plus weeks. You're hopeful, and I I, I absolutely I, 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 I and I like your enthusiasm, and I like the belief that you want to believe that, but. We have never in the history of the NBA seen a championship team be put together at the trade deadline with so many question marks. That's not how a championship season works. So to, to be able for you to pull it off would be amazing. And I'd commend the Nets if they do, right? And you know I hate dealing with the word if, but you have too many factors that that doesn't say that you can. Yeah, it's too like, many what ifs. Yeah, ben, ben Simmons hasn't played a game since last year's playoffs. You know, he's missing a half a season coming in now into a situation in Brooklyn in a major media market at that, right? And he had problems in Philly. What do you think New York's going to be like? That's number one. Number two, again, like you said, the buck stops at Kevin Durant. It, when is he coming back? What's his health diagnosis? He doesn't seem to want to discuss that. And, you know. Nor should yeah. it's the, it, I feel like, and I, this is, you know, shades of Kyrie. You know, his health is his health. I, and it's not, like, it's not like Durant would punt on a year. It's not like he would do that. But it, but I'll tell you, I keep, I'll tell you this though it's in your back of your mind what's going on because it has to be you'd be lying to they me. don't have their pick why why would they put on this year if they don't have their pick right but what I'm saying though is like you have to like okay he doesn't have to tell us fine he doesn't but at the same time the more games that go on the more you start to question because he's not playing with Ben Simmons you need them to play together for you to understand if it's going to work or not so that's going to keep lingering in your mind that you have Kyrie like the New York changing the, 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 the New York our rules are changing. So they're changing back and forth. So you really don't know what's going on there. I mean, you, you, you're going to question it, but that plays a big factor into, into everything as well. So 
you got three main factors right now that are kind of like pending over the nets. And again, the more games you play, you're going to lose without your, your top three stars or because Kyrie only can only play eight more games legally right now. And the Eastern conference is not going to get any weaker. The, the rest of the, the, the rest of the conferences, they're going to keep winning games. Miami's going to keep winning games. Um, uh, Philly is, is, is up and starting now with James Harden starting to play. We don't know what Philly, we don't know what Philly is. We don't know, fair, but look at the other teams. You got, okay, take Philly out the equation. You still have Milwaukee. You still have Miami. Uh, Who else is at the top? You you have Toronto's on the run. Boston's on the run. So all these Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago standing at the top. So there's a lot of factors that can go into why you will make it and why you, uh, uh, against you. And again, you're at the eighth spot now. You could even win out, but the, all the other teams have to lose for you to even consider making yourself uh, a contender with all your factors. So right, that's why. That's why I said, you know, at at most, everybody healthy, they get the fourth seat because I'm not a huge believer in Toronto. I am deathly afraid of of Milwaukee. Miami is sneaky. Your Celtics, as much as I hate your team, they're they're, they're hitting it. It's okay. They're, you, you guys are hitting your stride. You guys have hit your stride. You guys are they're proving me wrong. Remember, I, I remember in class when I told you I gave up. I gave up a little too quickly. They're proving me wrong, and I hope they can continue it. Too. You gave up. You gave up in November <laughs> because no, I gave up after that Knicks game where they gave up that shot to R.J. Barrett, and I, I was pissed off. I was leaving class, and I found, and I was literally listening to that game on my way home, and I, I literally pulled up to Sonic to grab dinner, and I literally looked at my phone. R.J. Barrett hits the shot. And I'm cursing at my steering wheel, and the, and the cashier looks at me, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. The fucking, I'm just like ready to just, I was so mad. So, so mad to the point where I took, to, I took it to the streets, and I made a vlog about how this team needs to get it together and blow it up. And since then, they have the number one defensive rating in the league. So, <laughs> I guess it worked in my favor. I don't know. No, and your, your Celtics are the exact opposite of my Nets. You're a team that was... Nobody thought that they could do that in December, November and December, and even parts of January. The Celtic fans were, were selling this year. They're like, we're done. We're not going to go anywhere. And now you look like arguably the best team in the league. So, and I haven't said anything about it. I've, just, I've, I've been keeping quiet, honestly. And I think, you know, it definitely – Every Celtic fan has kept quiet. They're hoping that no one catches on to what they're doing because they don't want the magic to run out. That's what – that's what the Celtic fans are up because they all quit. Every every single one of them. Yeah, quit. listen, to be honest with you though, it did look it looked really bad. And I'm not even gonna lie to you. There are times where you watch games and you question uh are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum gonna work? And sometimes you're watching games, you get so frustrated, especially the games that we're leading. There were plenty of games that we were leading. We were like up like 20. There was one point against the Bulls. I think we were like up 20. And we lost that. Yeah, game. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. the fourth and quarter. So at that, that given point in time, I don't want to call it an overreaction, but they had I've never seen a team look like that that was going to – it took me back to 2010 where they were a mediocre fourth seed team and they went all the way to the finals. You know, so, like, I had no hopes. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm not going to lie, but since they've been on their winning streak and they've been playing better, I've been quiet because I don't want to jinx it, number one. Number two, I don't have any right to talk because I trashed them when they weren't playing well. So I'm not going to sit here and try to do that right now. For me um... – there's two teams in the there, – there's two and a half teams in the East. There's Milwaukee, there's Boston, and Miami's kind of there. But that's it. For me in the East right now. That, there, so you the, have no faith in Chicago? We don't know what their health situation is going to be like. We don't know if Caruso is going to come back. We don't know what's up with Lonzo. DeRozan mm-hmm. can't keep doing this all year by himself. 
Yeah. As much as I like, as much as I love the other pieces around DeRozan, like like Io and stuff like that, he can't keep doing it. We've seen one man bands before, and when you get to the playoffs, when the game starts slowing down, one man bands they go out in the first round. So, mm-hmm. as much as I would love to, and you know, if you listen to my show, I, I was not a big believer in the Chicago team. I was towards Christmas time, but. As of right now, with the health, they're in the same boat as Brooklyn. If they can get healthy, sure, they could. They could. Might, they might. Said, listen, I've been consistent in saying this to fans all year, right? It's two things going into the playoffs: matchups, health. That's mm-hmm. the, the the healthiest team makes it, uh, and winning your matchups. Those are the two keys into in, into uh, into the success. That's it. That's what the, the health. Well, I would take it even a step further. It, it's that. It's the healthiest team and the hottest team. The best team might not always win, yeah. but the healthiest team, whoever can hit their stride. And for your Celtics, you might be I, – I don't mean to, you know, reverse jinx you here, but you might be hitting your stride a little bit too early because it's February. It's the right time, though, honestly, if you think about it, because we, we're mm-hmm. going into the, the second half of the season. You want to hit your stride heading into the postseason. So hopefully they're able to keep it up. Last question here before we go to break. If you have – Confidence meter on on A, your Celtics, but also who you are riding with right now to represent the East in the finals. Well, listen, I'm looking at the standings, and you always go by the standings if the playoffs started today, right? So you look at it. Um, Chicago's one, Miami's two, Philly's three, Milwaukee's four, Cleveland is in the mix, too. We forgot about them. They're five, Boston's six. They're too, they're too young. They're too young, dude. Listen, man, they're way too young. Cinderella story. Don't give up yet, right? You got Toronto seven, Brooklyn eight. So the play-in tournament would be clearly uh, seven and eight for, for Toronto. I'm going Brooklyn in the playoff tournament, right? And then you get uh, nine and ten would play. You get a, I, I, I'd take Atlanta in that one. And then say Toronto gets the, the eighth seed. But Brooklyn would get the seventh seed. They'd play Miami. That's a t- that, that's a tough first we're round out. matchup. Huh? Hey, we're we're out. That's we're... a tough first round matchup. So you guys, everyone wants to steer away from seven or eight. Like that's the goal is like do not get a seven or eight seat. You know. So I think you know, and even for my team, honestly, we don't even like we play Philly. You know, like we don't know what kind of version of Philly we'd get in the first round series. So I think it gets both of our teams might be out in the first. If the playoffs, you don't know. We don't know. Listen, listen. But it's so interesting. Like we always talk about the West being interesting. The Eastern Conference this year is the conference. Like it really legit. Like the conference. So honestly, a team to come out, I would say to be fair, you have to put the defending champions. And I think they're the most disrespected. And we talked about this in Moose's class, right? They're the most disrespected. Uh, defending champions, I believe, in, in most recent memory. I've never seen a, 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 a team that people are not putting in their, in their forefront as a team to win, to, to, to go back and win it. I, we're, we got a minute before break, but I, and I would love to disagree with you. I, I would, but I totally 100% agree with you. And I think it's just because they're boring. And that's NBA fans and media hate boring teams. That's why the Spurs were always counted out when they when they were going on their runs because they were boring. They they didn't make flashy things at the deadline. You just knew what they were, and we know what this Milwaukee team is going to be. They have Serge Ibaka, which I think is the biggest pickup out of anything at the trade deadline, and they have arguably the best player 
in the world than Giannis. Like, what more could you ask for? The boring. So would you consider them like, remember the Spurs era of, uh, you know, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there yet. <laughs> but, it's, but that's what I'm saying. But people used to call them boring, but they won championships, right? People hated the Spurs. The Spurs were so boring, but they won championships. They got one. Milwaukee has one. Okay. I'm but not... they're still the defending champions. Like we have to show some yes. respect. So again, okay, so I... who are you picking to make it to the finals then? If not Milwaukee. If not Milwaukee, then Miami. Okay. All right. And it's crazy for, for, uh, for spring break, I'm heading to Miami. <laughs> and uh, I, the first thing I did was look at the calendar and I look, I'm saying, who are they playing? Guess who they're playing when I'm in South Beach? And you know I Boston? got them. No, take a guess. Boston? No, 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 not Boston. No. Milwaukee? No. One more guess. It's, it's one of the hottest teams in the league, and you have to see this man play before you retire. Before he uh, retires. Is it Denver? No. Wardell, Stephen oh. Curry. The oh. Warriors are in town. March 23rd, I will be in South Beach. I told my wife, I said, if we do anything, I don't care what else we do, we're going to this Miami game. She's a Miami Heat fan. I get to witness the greatest shooter in NBA history. I've never seen him live. And I'm, this is my chance to see him in his element, see the Splash Brothers. Hopefully Draymond is playing. I've never seen them play, and I'd love to see them play. I think it'd be a great game. So I can't wait. One, one thing. You're not going to be disappointed. I've seen, I've seen Steph in person. Have you ever yeah. seen Jimmy in person? You saw him at – where you see him at, Barclays? Barclays, yeah. Nice, yeah. What, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen Jimmy in person? No. He's no, a killer. No, no, no. He's no. a killer. I've seen, I've seen a lot. I've seen LeBron twice. LeBron is just – like there's no like – as far as like I, I know I have my, my, my personal reservations and how I feel about him, but LeBron in person is a different level. It's just like he totally takes over the entire game. I've seen him from the nosebleeds. I've seen so. <laughs> I mean, this might not even cut make the cut, but Embiid's the most impressive player I've seen in person, up close and personal. Oh, he is insane. After the break, we're going to be talking about whether baseball will start on time or at all. Back after this. WICR Iona College Radio. Explore Iona College and discover premier academic programs taught by gifted and engaging faculty, hands-on learning opportunities, and access to internships in nearby New York City. It's all offered in a diverse, welcoming community with over 80 student clubs, Division I sports, and a culture of service to others. Move the world at Iona College. Learn more at Iona.edu. Hi, this is Anthony Carlo, TV news reporter in the media capital of the world and proud alum of Iona College. If you're looking for a career in TV or radio, Iona is the place to be. Whether you like sports, news, or entertainment, the college's industry professionals will put you on the track to success. From internship opportunities to real-world experience that can be found right on its campus, Iona's media program is unprecedented. Take it from an industry professional who made it in the biz. This is the Sports Hit List. By the fans, for the fans. Here on the Sports Hit List, Carl Collage alongside Joe Leo. Uh, uh, the first half of the show, you could definitely check out where we discussed the landscape of the NBA. 
Now we're going to shift a little bit to what we're supposed to be discussing, spring training. But we are not doing that right now as there is a MLB lockout. Uh, not sure what the latest update is. Last I read, they were in the meeting and they were having heated discussions. Um, so spring, the, the season is going to have a late start if they do have it. So um, I know it's a little bit disappointing because when you get into the springtime, you're, you're looking at March Madness, the end of the NBA season, and the start of the baseball season to kind of get you through the summertime, but uh, also the end of the NHL season, but there's no baseball. So uh, Joe, what are your initial thoughts and what, 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 is, what are your guts telling you that there's going to be a season or there's going to be forget it? I feel like I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that definitely need baseball to breathe. And I need every baseball person you talk to, they have the same reaction. It's a deep sigh and go, I hope so. But as of right now, it doesn't look like it's, there's going to be a, at least a 162 game season. Um, reports from yesterday, because they were in meetings yesterday, reports were, were that they gained a little bit of ground, but not really that much. And they have until Monday to get the season to start on time i'm not not optimistic at all that the season is going to start on time uh my initial reaction is the same as it was in 2019 and before the pandemic in 2020 and even during the pandemic when they were fighting in the press to try to get any season for the pandemic season underway they hate each other. There's, there's no other players association and league that hate each other quite like baseball does. And it's sad because they're killing the sport. We're, baseball is going to end up in a position where it's, I mean, it already is a niche sport. This isn't the 1950s and 60s anymore. People aren't sitting down and watching a, th a two and a half hour, three hour baseball game anymore. They've got way too much other things to diversify their palate with. My issue is you're hurting the sport short-term and long-term because they're fighting over money and they're fighting over millions and millions and millions of dollars, something that the casual fan like you and I, or I, even hardcore fans, they, they, they're never going to see that money. It's monopoly money to them. It, it's fairy dust. So you're hurting the, the sport short-term for that, but you're also hurting the, the sport long-term because they're not discussing the issues that are plaguing the sport, and that's the pace of play, that's the shift, that's pitch clock. So there, there, there's way too much things at, at stake here. And that's why I think that this is not going to get done until middle of May. So we'd be looking at the start of a season kind of like the pandemic where it was somewhere in the middle of June because they're, they're going to give players a month to get ready because they don't want what happened in, in 2020 with, with all the injuries. So as much as I would love to sit here and say, oh yeah, March 31st is going to roll around and, and we're going to be going for opening day. I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. What about you? You know, you make an interesting point when it comes to like, it's just greed and it comes down to money at the end of the day. And this is what we're doing. We're just basically battling about, it's a pissing contest about, you know, who gets what. And the, it's sad. I've seen the NBA go through it before. 
um, you know, it, it, it gets ridiculous that both parties want to play. So someone's going to have to bite their tongue for the other. That's what it comes down to. Um, you know, I think after a certain point in time, you'd say, call it a season. We're just not going to have a season. It'd be a lot of money lost. And they don't care about the fans at all. They don't care about the fans at all. No, that's the biggest. That's the biggest loser is us. It's, right. It's so I'm not sure. And and I'm, maybe you could help me out here. What's the issue? Is it the? It's all when it comes down to the the CBA. It's always the split, right? Because the players are supposed to get a certain portion of what the owners make in revenue. Um, the, the the players always want the fifty fifty split. The owners are probably saying no because you need us in order to play. But then the own the players are saying, well, you need us in order to have a product. So it's like, all right, who's in the wrong here? Because both are right. They both need each other. The owners need players to play, right? The players, uh, the, the owners need the players to play. The players need the owners because they need to have a job. The MLB is the, the, the biggest platform that they can make as much money as they can and we've seen how much they make. So again, somebody has to bite the bullet. Somebody has to just say, okay, maybe the split isn't 50-50. Maybe it's 52-48. Maybe it's, you know, so I, I think there, there's, again, I'm not sure if that's what the issue is. is are there other issues that are surrounding it? Do I think like, again, pardon me, not being the baseball guy, because I've been, you know, doing a lot more with podcasting and it's getting more intrigued in baseball and developing a new baseball show that I'm working on. So it's like, yeah, I want to have a season, you know, and I, I averagely every year I go to a baseball game with my with with, with my good friend, shout out to Nick, uh, Nick Angeletti. We go every year to the to the Bronx. We go to the stadium. We have a good time. And, you know, you look forward to going to a baseball game. And, and, and I think it does get sad because again, the people who, who are suffering the most are the people who you need to have a product. They need us. And, you know, and some people don't like us to say it, but we're the ones who spend the money on the tickets. We're the ones who buy the merchandise. We're the ones who watch the yes network as to why the Yankees have the most money in the world, you know, so they need us, but we're the ones who are getting the disservice with this entire lockout. To answer your question about what they're fighting over, they're fighting over, the revenue split they're fighting over the collective bargaining tax which is basically a de facto salary cap for a lot of the big market teams they're fighting over arbitration numbers they're fighting they're fighting over a ton of things that have to do with money and while that is important yes for the players and for the next generation because that's really what the players are doing that that's why this is taking so long the players have been just swindled in the last few labor agreements. So they're trying to fight for what they've lost and for the next generation of players. That's all well and good. Again, fans are never going to see this money and a large number of the fans don't really care about how much money the, the players are getting. What they should be fighting over is what's going on with the game and that's the that's the elephant in the room that no one is talking about even right now with the lockout no one's talking about this because of how far apart they are with the money and you can hammer out some of these details i i've heard through through stories in a day do it at, at the end of the day i don't care what it takes i don't care how much money a player is going to make in their second year of arbitration. I don't care how many players. Arbitration, arbitration seems to be like the key problem is that like how much players make after their, I guess, on their rookie deals or when they're. Yeah. It's, it's how much they, they, they make 
after the rookie deals before they hit free agency. Mm -hmm. And this show is way too small to, to go into the, to the nitty gritty. But again, the dark, the elephant in the room is not how much money they're arguing over. It is the problems with the actual product on the field. And Joey Gallo, the Yankees left fielder, brought it up this week about banning the shift and people were up in arms because, and I kind of agree with them, but this, I also get the other side of the, of the token where fans are saying, you know, just learn how to hit it the other way and drop down a bunt and this, that, and the other thing. And that, that, that's been going on for. So they want more rules. So you're saying there should be more rule changes is what they say. There should be. No, there, there definitely should be because you, the pace of play right now is ridiculous. No one to no 12 year old is going to sit down and watch a three and a half hour baseball game nightly mm. when they can watch a basketball game in two hours, when they can watch a soccer game in an hour and a half, yeah. you're not going to hold a 12 year old's attention for that long and, or many, I should say. And, you know, there, what I think should happen is they should ban the shift that the NBA has a legal defense. Why can't major league baseball? These rules aren't set in stone. It's not the Ten Commandments. They were man-made rules that, that we can switch them up. The NFL switches up rules every single year. They have points of emphasis and new rules every single year. Tell them why you're mad, Joe. Tell them why you're mad, man. And they, no one bats an eye that they, they change the defensive pass interference rule every two years in the NFL. No one cares that the shot clock resets in basketball to 14 seconds now. They're used to it. People get used to it. People are going to get used to this. And there should be a 20-second pitch clock. There's no reason why a pitcher should be, you know, fixing his hat, touching his wrist, mixing around with his glove for, for two minutes in between pitches. Those are the, big, the two biggest things for me. There's a 20-second pitch clock and, and, and banning the shift. That would incentivize balls in play that would quicken the pace of the game and that's the product on the field again the money i'm not an accountant i i'm horrible at math so that's not my forte but what's going on on the field definitely needs to change and there's not enough people in the rooms it seems like where where these negotiations are happening because again the money the difference of money is tens of millions of dollars monopoly money to me so carl um i would say to go back to one of your original questions confidence me that we're going to lose a season i wouldn't go that far i would say i'm 90 percent positive that we're not going to lose an entire season of major league baseball but is it going to be in the 140 to 100 game level probably Listen, I think before we, uh, they always say, what's the saying? Before you can walk, you have to crawl. So I think we need to get to actually having games, um, you know, and then we could discuss the, the possible rule changes. I think, you know, not sure who else is, uh, uh, besides Manfred, who else is a um, big time player in the high executive of baseball. But baseball seems to have a lot more uh, internal issues of the major sports than any, than, 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 than 
NFL. Like NFL has its problems, NBA has its problems, NHL definitely has its problems. But it seems like right, that. But the product, the product on the ice, the product on the court, and the product on the field, they don't need fixing because they get fixed every year. <laughs> so it, th- there's no a uh, competition committee that overlooks. No, not at least. <laughs> Not that, not as big as it is in the other leagues, because again, baseball. Uh, Tony Kornheiser put this uh, on on PTI earlier in the week. They are a dinosaur in the tar pits. They're gonna die if they don't fix their problems right now, and and they should. But uh, the other part of it is we have MBAs from from Yale and Harvard putting their games in the computer, uh, and it's whatever. I'm I'm. You seem to be listen for, for those for those listeners out there. It seems that Joe is pretty passionate and upset. Again, I'm not the the average baseball guy. I love watching baseball, um, especially when you get to the playoffs. It gets really great. I love going to them. But Joe seems to be a little bit more passionate than I am, which is why I let him I let him cook this segment because he's like, you need to have real changes and all these different kinds of things and elements to to, to getting us to back to baseball. But I think we just need to get to a point where you know they can come to a because con- eventually they're going to come to a conversation. Somebody's going to have to cave in. There's going to be too much money lost. Not only that. You, you, you think about two years ago, how much money they lost because they didn't start you know, because of the pandemic. I don't think any situation where for the players or the owners, they want to continue losing money because the, the more time that ticks, the more money you're losing from, from games, especially the smaller market teams, right? The smaller, it's not even going to impact the bigger ones as it would, but the smaller markets, like, you know, places that can't even f- fill their stadiums to capacity are going to end up losing out more because you, you like, you can't get a fan there because there's no one there in the seats to put them in the seats. So I think we just need to get to a point where we could possibly have a season. What date do you believe, like, okay, we get to here, there's definitely not a season happening? July 4th. Say again? July 4th. July 4th. July 4th. Okay. If we get to July 4th and there's still no baseball, I, I'm punting on, on the season and I'm turning my focus to fantasy football and Jets training camp. <laughs> That's a little early there, man. Or, or NBA free agency, because that's the because that's the time of yeah, year. Yeah, or well, yeah, I mean, NBA, the Nets aren't going to be NBA free agency. <laughs> Nets aren't going to be as active this year, so I'm not going to care too much, but I'll still care. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Carl Coulange and Joe Leo here for the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans. Please make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe to all of our content across all social media platforms, which include YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, Spotify. Uh, You name it, we got it. So thank you for listening uh, and uh, listen to us next week. Take care. Explore Iona College and discover premier academic programs taught by gifted and engaging faculty, hands-on learning opportunities, and access to internships in nearby New York City. It's all offered in a diverse, welcoming community with over 80 student clubs, Division I sports, and a culture of service to others. Move the world at Iona College. Learn more at Iona.edu. Hi, this is Anthony Carlo, TV news reporter in the media capital of the world and proud alum of Iona College. If you're looking for a career in TV or radio, Iona is the place to be. Whether you like sports, news, or entertainment, the college's industry professionals will put you on the track to success. From internship opportunities to real-world experience that can be found right on its campus, Iona's media program is unprecedented. Take it from an industry professional who made it in the biz.